Hey guys, Jack here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, a couple quick announcements. First, Zach and I are looking for a new audio engineer for the podcast. Uh, if you or someone you know has interest in that position, uh, send me an email at jack at justhandspoker.com. Also, there is reference in today's episode to a past episode that actually has not been released yet. That episode will be released next week, uh, so bear with us for the 20 seconds or so that we're discussing that episode. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in, and enjoy this week's episode. Hey there, partner. Howdy. What's up? Just kind of reflecting on my time, the World Series of Poker, various hands I've played, and uh, found one from the archives, uh, just kind of from a, the old 2-5 cash game at Caesars Palace. Uh, really kind of interesting spot. So will you uh, humor me and, and, and hear it out? Yeah, definitely. So this is a 1K cap game. The effective stacks are 2.1. I'm running fairly well and playing like a lot of hands, probably like 30, 35% at a nine-handed table over like the two hours I've been there, just like getting a lot of good starting hands pre. The main villain in this hand is on the button. He has been playing not a lot of hands. The only hand he got to showdown is when he three-bet pre in position bet twice on like some type of board that favored his range against like kind of like a, a fishier amateur player and the river went check check the amateur player showed like a middle pair type hand and this guy mucked so he looked kind of nitty but definitely capable of of bluffing you know in a way that like if I didn't see that hand I would not think that would be in his arsenal based on what I've observed in the two hours of play you said this took place during the world series of poker it did. <laughs> Shocking that that player type would be present. Yeah. It's not yeah. normally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely good. Yeah. So I make it my standard sizing under the gun with two jacks, make it 25. The button calls, and the big blind, who's kind of like a straightforward rec player who's playing way too many hands pre, but not just kind of like overfolding and not getting involved that much post, defends. So the flop, $75. And it's king, queen, jack with two diamonds. Big blind checks. Yeah. Uh, and before I reveal what I, what I what I do, I want to get your your take because I think both options are are very viable. I would go ahead and bet it. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think given what we know about the button, I don't think he's gonna be betting like a ton of hands he maybe shouldn't and then call a check raise like i don't think we're that lucky to get like i don't know if he would bet king 10 and i don't know if he would bet call king 10 he probably would bet call or if he bet king 10 he'd probably call it but i think he might check it back given what we know so i would definitely put money in the pot now uh not count on the button betting at a high enough frequency that we can get in a check raise because uh, our hand could use a lot of protection so i would just go ahead and bet pot Okay. In the moment, I kind of take a look at the button and look like I get a physical read that he's interested in the pot. And that kind of sways me to check. Kind of similar to that other hand we did in the podcast a couple weeks back. But yeah, I think absent of that read, this is definitely a bet. So I check, and he bets $145. Oh, nice. Well, I I will say, like, hold on, hold on. Yeah. 
I will say like this is a situation where even though our opponent looks like he's interested in the pot, I would just go ahead and bet it ourselves because he might be interested but it has a hand that he doesn't want to bet. You know, like maybe he has like a pair plus like a diamond draw or he's mm-hmm. a queen and is very interested but does, is not going to bet it himself. So I would just go ahead and bet it, bet it ourselves. That way we just guarantee that they're not going to see a turn for free. And I think that we're just, it's leaving a little bit too up to chance for me with uh, such a coordinated board to check here. Okay. I can get behind that. But yeah, I just wanted to make it clear, absent the physical read, it's definitely on betting the flop. So Big Blind quickly folds, and while my plan was to check raise, given the sizing, I opted just call. How do you feel about that, sir? I mean, we know calling is is good. The question is, is raising better? So that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Like, are we ev- like when are we ever getting three bet? Like, we're getting three bet by like some combo draws. We're not getting three bet. I don't even queen. know if we're getting by some combo draws. Maybe we are. We're, we're, I don't even know if... We might not be even getting 3-bet by a 10-9. Yeah, maybe this is like a raise fold. I don't hate raise folding. The thing is, like, we're doing pretty well against the range, and we also have the type of hand where, you know, we can always improve. The problem is that since we have bottom set, like, we don't have great... Like, we do have some reverse implied odd situations yep. uh, when we hit our full house. So I think I do like raising. And I would probably be happier to call if we had somehow checked kings or queens on the flop. Uh, since then, when we boat up, we can be a lot more confident that we have the best hand. Okay. Well, I call. And now there is 355. Yeah, 355 um, going to the turn. And it's the eight of hearts. So the board is a black king, queen jack of diamonds, eight of hearts. I check. Yeah. Yeah. I check. The villain makes it 250. I think like that other hand referencing, like the 510 hand at Hammond, there's also an argument for leading here. But I have to check. I think the difference is that in this spot, there are fewer hands, I think, that would check behind. Like, I don't think we're expecting our opponent to overbet with, like, one pair of hands here. Yes. And then those would yeah, check yeah, behind. Sure. I think that mostly it'll be a polarized range and maybe even, like, I don't know if two polarized is the right word, but, like, polarized in a way where our opponent might never even think to ever check anything at this point when probably they I, should be checking I some agree. stuff. Uh yeah, yeah, you're right. This is this is totally a check race spot. Yeah, I think it's a check race spot. Our hand is sort of underwrapped, especially. Yeah, uh, especially given the sizing, you know, like he overbet the flop, which, like, you know, a guy like this who who's capable of three betting light pre and double barreling, like, could do with a wide range of hands. You know, like this this is a board where, like, you know, if I'm sitting there and the other player checks, like. I think it's probably against a lot of opponents. There's going to be a lot of hands that, like, we're planning on check calling once and would, like, not check call against an overbet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I, think, I think it's another race fold spot. Did you race? Yeah, I race folded. And it was one of these things where it's like, you know, I definitely, I don't think I discussed the hand with anyone. Maybe John, but I still kind of felt like maybe I didn't play it play it well, you know? Like, but in the moment, what I felt 
before I let myself kind of overanalyze the hand or maybe properly analyze the hand is that especially on the turn, like when he shoves there, you know, the shove is for like an additional about a thousand dollars over my bet. And I just can't imagine him doing that with any hand that's not a straight, you know, like given so so he he bets two fifteen to three fifty five and I and I re raised to six twenty five. And I just think with draws there, like my line looks so nutted or maybe not, but like my line is very strong. And like if he's sitting there with like a diamond draw, like I don't think he's just gonna like put in four hundred big blinds or close to four hundred big blinds with a draw on the turn with one card to come. He didn't strike me as a professional, but struck me as like a fairly tight player, even one that's capable of bluffing. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's possible, like, that he's got the nut flush. Uh, nut flush draw. That's a combo draw, which, like, is this sort of strange switch where, like, you know, it might... How could it ever be a mistake to just, like, get it all in with a combo draw, you know? Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, and that's... Maybe... I, I felt like it was a race fold spot, but I, I don't know. Like, given that we have a certain amount of equity... And we could be ahead. Like I think we probably have to call. Like what's uh, what did what's what did you raise it to, and what did he shove for? So I made it six twenty five. So if we subtract the the uh, one seventy that went in on the combined pre flop and flop, you know he's shoving for like a little bit under two k effective. So he had put in like. Oh yeah, so I was wrong before. It's not a little more than a thousand. It's like he put in two fifty, and now his total bet size is like. So he's know, put in. He's he's started the turn. Nineteen thirty. No, he, he has his shove is for like seventeen hundred. What'd you say? On your, top, the yeah. Stack he, was he, preflop. He he started the he started the turn with nineteen thirty, and bet two fifty, and then shoved over my six hundred twenty five dollar raise. Yeah. So his his total. Yeah. So he's. It's going to be like thirteen hundred to call, uh, and the total pot mm-hmm. is going to be like, you know, forty three hundred, forty two hundred ish. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, he just even if he's just doing that with the nut flush draw, sometimes I really have to call here. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I think it's this is probably making it clear that I I shouldn't have raised folded at least the turn. Maybe I think there's a pretty good argument for raise folding the flop. But you know, yeah, then then maybe then then maybe I just check call the turn. Is that better than raise calling? I don't know. Yeah, I think check calling the turn's okay. Check shoving not really an option. I don't hate raising and like calling it off. I don't hate it. And I, I think I think I like I mean we've already we've already talked about some other things you could have done earlier in the hand. As played on the turn I think I like raising and then I think just calling it off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it's definitely not a good feeling when you play a big pot and like feel like you misplayed it. It's not so much the fact that I lost whatever the $800 I lost in that hand. It's the feeling like I made what could potentially be a big mistake in a big pot, which is something I really try not to do. <laughs> that's imp- That's true, but I think it's important to keep it in perspective. Like... When you raise, like, and your opponent jammed, like, you were never, like, going to be printing money in that situation. Like, I think you might have made, like, a $50 mistake, a $100 mistake, even, by folding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the big mistake is, like, when you 
when you call and you have really bad equity or you make a bluff and you're never getting a fold. Like those are the kinds of mistakes that are really bad. Like folding a strong bluff catcher to like a a polarized range uh, where your opponent might not even ever be bluffing. Like it's not going to be such a huge mistake. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, this might be like a 50 or hundred dollar mistake, but I don't, I don't think it's more than that. Uh, and also like you, you know, you don't have so much money that like, I'm sure you would not like pay $50 to pass on that variance. But like, I think you'd pay $5 to pass on that variance. Maybe you'd pay $10. Like, maybe you'd pay uh, maybe I'd, maybe I'd pay 50 50 would be the upper. I'd prob- probably 20 25 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, if we think of it as, like, how much would you pay to not have to flip for, like, 1200 of your own dollars? Uh, oh, I wouldn't pay 50 for that, yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is essentially what we're doing, like... It, I mean, it's a little different of a, of a situation. It's not a, a flip. Uh, it's like we lose the 1,275% of the time and get like 4,025% of the time, whatever the math is. But there is some sort of likely, I mean, unless you really love the rush of gambling. For Which we do at Just Hands Poker. Yeah, Despite our do. monotone voices, we love we love the, the gamble. I do enjoy a good gamble. But, you know, I like my gamble to be disguised in a skill game and not just flipping for 1,200 bucks. <laughs> And so I would def- there's definitely some price for me to not flip for 1200 bucks. I would pay something. And I don't know what it is. It's less than 50, but it's more than 5 for sure. All right. Well, interesting hand. Uh nice chatting with you about all these strategy spots. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for making me feel better about my mistake or likely mistake. <laughs> well, I think I think we're forgetting to the mistake. Well, I think in, in my opinion the mistake was not betting the flop. I think this is a lot closer. I would definitely bet the flop. Uh, uh-huh. To reiterate, but yeah, I mean, I think you played it well. Your your reasoning for these spots was good. <laughs>